Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas to you all. Glad you're here. We have a wonderful crowd of people, and it's good to be in this place at this time to celebrate the birth of Christ. Uh, one of the things that we have been doing throughout this Advent season is something a little bit different. I have been uh, asking the congregation to help me to uh, preach my sermon, or at least to begin my sermon. And so this, this uh, season of Advent, as we've gone through each week, uh, I have asked a question of the congregation about hope and love and joy and peace, which, uh, which goes along with the Advent themes of each week. And one of the things I've been asking is, uh, you know, Christmas is, a, is kind of a tense time, and it's a busy, busy time, and so often in our lives, it's hard for us to stop and experience the hope of Christ and the peace of Christ and the love of Christ and the joy of Christ. Uh, we, we don't take the time to do that so often. And so we've been asking questions about examples of things uh, in which it's hard to, to grasp those things. But we've also been focusing on the fact that in Christ... We do have love and hope and joy and peace. So I want you to I want to for, to ask you to help us again today uh, as we enter into our Christmas Eve service um, to get into the Christmas spirit and to and to share the Christmas spirit. One of the things about Christmas, there are a couple of things about Christmas. One, it's so very very busy, but it's also a time for us. To remember. Have you had some time this Christmas season, I hope, to just stop and remember? Remember Christmas, Christmases gone by? Remember some, some special times in your lives? I want to ask you to share with us some special Christmas memories. Just, some, just a few Christmas memories or a Christmas thought as we begin our Christmas Eve service. Who would like to share with us a special Christmas memory that you have. Eddie, one thing you've seen during the Advent, I've been like a uh, talk show host also. I run around the room a lot. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, we brought, I brought Heather home from the hospital uh, on Christmas Day 16 years ago. Christmas Day 16 years ago. Yes. She just had her sweet 16th birthday just a couple of days ago. Happy birthday, Heather. That's a wonderful memory. Who else? Yeah, I walk in front of the speaker there and it does that. Dottie. See, they always go from one side to the other, too. We're missing somebody this Christmas Eve, and she always made every holiday special. And that was Mike's mom, Connie's mom. She. She just was special at doing that. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Well, we all have our memories. We all have our thoughts. And it is a wonderful time of the year. And I will share with you that this... What we're doing here each year is a special memory. I remember the first year 
that I was here at Community Baptist Church and and we had this this special Christmas Eve service and I thought, man, that's so neat. I mean, it's so kind of laid back and and uh, just enjoyable. It's kind of like family around the Christmas tree. And so that's the way I look at it, and I hope you do too. And I've looked forward to this uh, each year as we share this time. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's continue with our worship service, our Christmas service, uh, with a baby will come.
We are the Hall slash Paiva family. And um, we have Dennis's parents here from Brazil, just to let you know who the strangers are up here. <laughs> um, Feliz Natal, that's Merry Christmas in Portuguese. <laughs> um, Dr. Hobbs asked us to light the last candle tonight, the Christ candle. And we were talking about what we would say, and we said, you know, what does Christmas mean to us? What do we think about Christmas? And Lucy wanted to be the one to talk, so we'll let her start. Um, I like about Christmas that we're opening presents, and first we play with them, and then um, Jesus was born that day. Very good. Um... And when she said that, I thought, oh, gosh, you can't say that. This is, you know, it's the church service. We want to talk about Jesus, which she hadn't said the Jesus part earlier. But, uh, <laughs> so, good job. But, uh, <laughs> but then I was thinking, we, we give gifts, and it's such a nice joy to give gifts. But that's really what Christmas is about, is the gift that God gave. And he gave us Christ. And all this month, you know, we've been lighting the hope, peace, joy, and love candles, and I thought, you know, every single one of us, whether you're inside a church right now or you're not, we all need hope, peace, joy, or love. We all have circumstances in our life that we need those things. So I just want to kind of remind each of us that as we're opening presents tonight and tomorrow and celebrating Christmas, that we would just accept that gift that God so freely gives us, and whether it's the hope, the peace, the joy, or love, or even just Christ that you need to just allow to re- yourself to receive that you would receive those things.
Thank you. It's, it's already been a wonderful, wonderful Christmas experience tonight. Now we've come to that part of our service where we will observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. We will commune with God and with each other, and we invite all to do that. If we could have our deacons to come forward and go ahead and prepare for that. And the way we will do this is uh, we will begin in the rear of the church and come down the middle aisle, both both uh, rows coming down the middle aisle, and there will be someone here standing here with bread, and we'll ask, if you will, to take a piece of bread and then move to the side and dip it into uh, the cup, which will have the blood of Christ uh, in it, and then go ahead and eat. Uh, there may be someone here today who may find trouble coming down the aisle or you would prefer the traditional style of, uh, of receiving communion. And if you would like, you can just remain seated and we'll have a deacon who will come to your seat and, and will serve you at your seat. And so that's the, that's the mechanics of it, so to speak. But I wanted to extend this invitation to everyone uh, because... That's the way Christ was. Christ was open-armed with everyone uh, and welcomed everyone. I never saw in the Gospels Jesus turning anyone away, and we will not do that either. Uh, Everyone is welcome at Christ's table. And we think about Christmas time especially. 
as a time of coming together, as a time of celebrating the birth of Jesus. I told a story yesterday, uh, Sunday. That was yesterday, wasn't it? That was yesterday. Uh, about a, a Christmas pageant put on by four-year-olds, and they had practice without their costumes on, and so the teacher had marked on the, on the stage with circles where the angels would stand and with crosses where the shepherds would stand. However, when the angels came out and took their places on the circles, their wings were so large that they covered the areas that the shepherds were supposed to stand. So when the shepherds came out, they couldn't find where to go. And one of the little boys looked over at the teacher standing in the wings and said, because of all those angels, I can't find the blankety-blank cross. Well, the point is that the cross is there in Christmas. And we can get so bogged down and so caught up in the, the romantic part of Christmas We can get so busy that we fail to realize that this child who was born and we celebrate his birth was born to die for us. And that's what we commemorate in communion. So as we receive communion today, let us remember not only the birth of this child, but also the purpose for his birth. He came to die for you and me, for our forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful gift that is. We invite you to come and share in communion today.
God is so good all the time. And that's why we celebrate His birth so in such a grand manner. And that's why we celebrate the gift of His life and His death and His resurrection. Let us continue to celebrate the birth of Christ. How far is it to Bethlehem town? Just over Jerusalem hills adown, past Rachel's white doomed tomb. Sweet shrine of motherhood's young doom. It isn't far to Bethlehem town, just over the dusty roads adown, past wise men's well. Still offering sweet droughts from welcome wayside spring. Past shepherds with their flutes of reed. 
that charm the woolly sheep. They lead past boys with kites on hilltops flying, and soon you're there where Bethlehem's lying. Sunned white and sweet olived slopes, gold-lighted still with Judah's hopes. And so we find the shepherd's fields and plain that gave rich Boaz yield. And look where Herod's villa stood. We thrill that earthly parenthood could foster Christ who was all good. And thrill that Bethlehem town today looks down on Christmas homes that pray. It isn't far to Bethlehem town. It's anywhere that Christ comes down and finds people's friendly face, a welcomed and abiding place. The road to Bethlehem runs right through the homes of folks like me and you. Speaking of Christmas memories, this is a bit reminiscent for me of two years ago, I think. I carried him in a little sack and sang this exact same song.
Christmas is filled with surprises, isn't it? I didn't know it was going to be a duet. Complete with creative motion. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Emailsanta.com is a website that you can go to and post your letters to Santa Claus. And it receives more than a million emails every year. And each one gets a response. Here are some samples that they have received. Dear Santa, I'm sorry I don't have a chimney. I'll leave the cat flat flap unlocked for you. But please watch out for the litter box. Signed, John, aged four. Another one. Dear Santa, Mommy and Daddy says that I have not been very good these past few days. Just how bad can I be before I lose my presence? Signed, Christian, age seven. Here's one. Dear Santa, I'm sorry for putting that X-lax in your milk last year. But I wasn't sure if you were real. My dad was really mad. (laughs) That was signed Bree, age seven. And then finally, dear Santa, do you know that Jesus is the reason for Christmas? Not to be mean or anything, but he is. Signed Roseanne, age 11. Well, Roseanne is right, of course. Jesus is the reason for Christmas. A few years ago, Roberta Messner was browsing through a flea market when she came across an old manger scene, but the price was too good to be true. And so when when she asked about it, she was told, you can have it for just a dollar. It's all there except for Jesus. Well, it's no wonder the price was so low. A Christmas manger is is really worthless without the Christ figure. That's the centerpiece, the most important part of the manger's display. And then suddenly, Roberta realized that she was just like that manger scene. She was going through the whole Christmas season without making Jesus the centerpiece of her activities. I guess that just about says it all, doesn't it? That's what Christmas is all about. That's why we read with so much eagerness those wondrous words about the shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has, has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. Someone has called this the greatest story ever told, and I think it truly is. You see, Christmas began in the heart of God. That's the first thing that we need to see. Love came down at Christmas, wrote the poet, and and it's true. God's love came down to us in the manger of Bethlehem. There's a time-honored story about a grandfather who was babysitting his uh, four-year-old son, grandson, and he read him a story, tucked him into bed, and then he went downstairs to watch TV, but in the meantime, a, a big thunderstorm came up, and the The little boy became frightened, and so he called downstairs, Grandpa, I'm scared. Can can you come up here and help me? Well, Grandpa didn't want him to be afraid, so he said, Don't worry, you'll be okay. Don't you know that God loves you? To which the boy answered, I know that God loves me, but I need something with skin on it. Well, folks, we look into the manger and we see that God has come to us with skin. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that the Word became flesh. That's why Christmas brings out the best in us. The New Testament teaches us that the very nature of God is love. And in the glow of Christmas, we know ourselves to be loved. God has shown us that in the birth of His Son. And we are also led to love others. And so first of all, Christmas is about love. But Christmas is also about hope. It's no accident that Christmas comes to us at the, at the darkest time of the year. We don't know the exact date when Jesus was actually born. That's not printed anywhere in any of the historical annals or or religious annals. We don't know the date when Jesus was born, but since the shepherds were out in the fields tending to their flock by night, it can be assumed that it was probably sometime in the springtime and not in December. But when the date was set for Christmas, it was purposely set at the darkest time of the year to symbolize the words of Isaiah that says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The point is that Christmas represents hope even when things are at their darkest. And there is no finer symbol of hope than the birth of a child. In his autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela tells about the impact of a baby that a baby had on his life. Mandela had been a political prisoner in South Africa for over 14 years. But in 1978, his daughter, Zeni, married the son of the king of Swaziland. And there was a tremendous advantage in Zeni becoming a member of the Swazi royal family. You see, she was immediately granted diplomatic privileges and could visit Mandela whenever she wanted. And this was amazingly good news for Mandela because he had been 
completely cut off for his fa- from his family, from his children, for just about the entire time that he had been in prison. But that winter, after they were married, the, the young couple came to see Mandela along with their, their newborn baby daughter. And because of his son-in-law's status, Mandela and his family were uh, allowed to meet in the count, uh, con- consulting room instead of the normal visiting area where they would be separated by thick walls and glass. And Mandela reports that it was truly a wondrous moment when they came into the room. He stood up and when Zinni saw him, she practically tossed her daughter to her husband and ran across the room to embrace her father whom she had not embraced in many, many years. He had not held his daughter since she was a small child. He then embraced his new son, the prince, and and finally his son-in-law handed Mandela this, this tiny baby, his granddaughter. And Mandela says that he did not let go of this precious child for the rest of their visit. To hold that newborn baby so vulnerable and soft in his rough hands was a profound joy. He says that in in his mind, no man was ever happier to hold a baby than he was that day. However, this visit had a more official purpose. And that was for Mandela to choose a name for this child. It was their custom for the grandfather to select a new child's name. and, And the one that he chose was Zaziwe, which means hope. That name had special meaning for Mandela. For for during, during all of his years in prison, he says he never gave up hope. And now he never would. And he was convinced that this child would be a part of a new generation of South Africans for whom apartheid would become a distant memory. That was his dream. That was his hope. A baby named Hope. Jesus could have been named hope, for he represented humanity's most profound hope. But instead, he he was named Jesus, Deliverer, Savior. Isaiah gave him other names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, Christmas comes from the heart of God, and Christmas is all about hope. And this is to say that Christmas is the best news that the world could ever receive. Today, in the city of David, a Savior is born, and He is Christ the Lord. What a wonderful, more powerful message that is. Years ago, Chuck Swindle pointed out the difference that a baby can make. He wrote of Napoleon sweeping through Austria in 1809. And that was the big news of that day in the world of that time. But looking back, he he realized that the really important news of that year was not the battles that were being fought in Austria, but the babies that were being born that year. William Gladstone, for example, one of the greatest statesmen in England. Alfred Lord, Lord Tennyson an extraordinary poet, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Edgar Allan Poe, Charles Darwin, and perhaps most notably, Abraham Lincoln. Swindle writes 
If there had been a news broadcast at that time, I'm certain one would hear something like the destiny of the world is being shaped on an Austrian battlefield. But was it really? It's funny that only a handful of history buffs could tell you today even one or two of those Austrian campaigns. And looking back, we realized that history was not actually being shaped. It was actually being shaped not on the battlefields of Austria, but it was being shaped in the cradles of England and the United States as young mothers held in their arms the leaders and motivators of the future. And of course, history was certainly being shaped as Mary held her newborn son in her arms 2,000 years ago. Not only the history of the world, but your history and my history as well. And so let us give God thanks this night. Let us give God thanks for this, this gift of Christmas comes to us from the very heart of God. And it's all about hope. And this gift of Christmas is the best news that the world could ever receive. So let us rejoice and let us be glad. Amen. We're going to receive an offering now, a benevolence offering. We, we carry a benevolence uh, fund here at Community Baptist Church. We get calls from time to time from people who are in need in their lives, who, for whom a little money or a little, little help with rent or gas or, or whatever could kind of help them get over a hump. And I, I will say to you that our benevolence offering is a lot like the circumstances by which Jesus was born. Meager. <laughs> Uh, they they are meager at this point. We we uh, are down to not much at all, um, and so the gifts that you could give towards this would be very helpful to people as they call upon us in need. And what we'll do with, for this is a little bit different. Um, we have the manger of Christ here. There's a basket underneath the manger. And so what we would like to ask is if you would come forward and drop your donation here. We'll be having some music playing in a little town of Bethlehem. We would just ask if you would to come and drop your donation into the basket just as the wise men came to Jesus and brought gifts to him. And this is very important because Jesus told us that when we help those in need, we are actually helping him. And so, it's appropriate for you to bring a gift to Christ so that that gift can be, helped, can be used to help people in need. He is in such solidarity in, with people like that. But when you do that, I want to ask you to do something else. After you drop your offering in the basket, I want to ask if you would to just form a circle around these chairs. Take your candle with you because we're going to be lighting these candles in just a moment. So as you come forward and drop your offering there, we invite you to do that. But then when you do, just form a circle around the chairs. Would you come 
and offer your gift to Christ. scripture I read from Isaiah a few moments ago said that those who sit in the darkness have seen a great light. That prophecy came true on the night when Christ was born because the light of God entered into this world so that those who do sit in the darkness can see a great light. You know, those of us, those, those who do sit in darkness, it, it is a it is a vast darkness, but those of us who have received Christ, who have accepted Christ into our hearts and celebrate his birth today as we do, we see things differently. We see things as if they are in a bright light so much more clearly because God has come into our lives. And so let's remember that as we take the light of Christ I will light my candle from the Christ candle and then we will pass it from one to 
to the other. Just like God has called upon us to do. To take the light of Christ unto ourselves and to share it with the people around us. And let us enjoy this as we see the light of Christ multiplied as we share it one to another. May our sophistication never become so great that we forget the wonder of your gift. May our celebration never become so elaborate that we forget the simplicity of your birth. May we never suppose our knowledge to be so great that we forget the mystery of your love. And may we be filled with the spirit of Christmas and take it forth into the world, and may God bless us, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. We are dismissed. <laughs>